What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy, Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet. And we are here today with another edition of Overthinking MTG, looking at the Ikoria Layer of Behemoths spoilers. And today I want to look at a card that is... It's touching a special place in my heart for a couple of reasons. One, it's super cute. And what can I say? I love cute stuff. I, you know, I'm man enough to admit that I enjoy cute things. And also, it is providing some really cool, very powerful support for a mechanic that I really enjoy that I think is underappreciated in a lot of ways. And that mechanic is Menace. And of course, I am talking about the Tentative Connection, which was spoiled today by a amazing YouTuber who you desperately need to check out. His name is Spice8Rack, and uh, he actually he did the most interesting spoiler uh, video that I've ever seen, where instead of doing the traditional, hey, this is our card, look at how cool it is, right? Neat. All right, catch you next time. He, which, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, heck, that's kind of what I'm doing here. But what he did was he actually wrote a short story that leveraged three preview cards, and he, like, found ways of inter intertwining them along with the flavor text um and actually wrote a short story uh and it was funny because it's he actually does a really good job of telling a story that seems like it should fit and presumably it, you know based on the cards it looks like it is exactly what happens so it's kind of an interesting situation anyway so you know what if it's not canon it's canon for me all right so wizards if that's a problem well probably shouldn't give spice any more previews but please do because he does a great job anyway so tentative connection it is a sorcery costs four three and one red this spell costs three less to cast if you control a creature with menace menace is a pseudo evasion mechanic that i absolutely adore when a creature has menace and it attacks your opponent well or the blocking player cannot block with a single creature so they either don't block it at all or they have to block it with two creatures at least or more so it creates a level of complexity to the combat math, it's not perfectly unblockable, but if your opponent only has one creature, well, it is. It is effectively unblockable in that situation. So that's pretty cool. Um, also, you have a situation where, you know, your opponent might have one blocker that is clearly like their chump blocker, the thing they want to step in front of stuff, and then they might have like a piece of their combo or a great card that they don't want to put in harm's way, but those are their only two creatures. And then they have a conundrum. It's like, well, do I let this creature swing in and hit me in the face? Or do I put both in front of it and risk my valuable creature in, in combat? So that's pretty cool. And also one of the things I've noticed about the Ikoria spoilers in general, there is a lot of menace support. There are a lot of ways to interact and get around it. And Tentative Connection is one of those. So if you have a creature with, with menace, it only costs one. Now, what does the spell do, you ask? Haha, <laughs> well, strap in. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature, it gains haste until end of turn. I saw this card about three days after I discovered just how crazy powerful uh, Claim the Firstborn is in Standard. If you're not familiar, Claim the Firstborn is a, a sorcery for one that is gain control of target creature with converted mana cost three or less. Untap it, it gains haste, and... Uh, you give it back at the end of turn. So this is the exact same thing, except you can target any creature, as long as you have Menace. If you don't have Menace, then it costs four, which is in line with cards like Portent of Betrayal, which is a similar effect. Um, and in that case, you get to scry one. It's an added little bonus. So this is a threaten effect. It's very 
standard for what we see in red. It's something that, you know, all right, cool. It's not weird. It fits the theme, everything we've got going on. Um, and it's just, it's that threaten effect where you're taking a thing and you may be doing it for one. And the other cool thing about that is if you have creatures with menace, you can take one of their blockers and now all of a sudden they no longer have that option. The fact that you have menace was already limiting their blocking options. They have some, but you're you're limiting it. Now you're it, it's fun. You're in a situation where you could take like one of the things that I love to do with threaten effects right now is steal the creature, swing at my opponent, and then sacrifice it to something. You know, sacrifice it to my witch's oven or my woe You know, so just kill it. Now you can absolutely do that with tentative connections. There's no reason you couldn't um, if you have a sacrifice outlet available to you great. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a, it's a classic move. Works great. It works great. Feels great. It's a, it's a, it's a cool movement, a cool, cool moment. You have a good turns, but the cool thing with tentative connection, um, if you, if you have creatures with menace, you're all of a sudden getting some incredible value in combat just because you're pulling one of their blockers out, you get to swing in. And now all of a sudden, if you have even if you only have one creature with menace, all of a sudden that one creature is probably unblockable in a lot of situations, um, just practically speaking, because you may limit your opponent down to just one. Um, and my camera's having a tough time focusing, so I apologize. I'm working on it. How close do I need to get? How much? How much do I got to really hover on top of this thing? Okay, well, I guess I'm just going to be all up in your face for a second. Yeah, here we go. So it's really slick because you have that option, but if, if you're swinging in, your menace creatures are going to become incredibly difficult to block. If you have two creatures with menace swinging in, your opponent needs to have four blockers if they want to have a chance at blocking that thing at all. That freaking rules. I love this. So the other thing about that is the other thing that's swinging in is potentially their biggest creature because there's no size limitation on this, unlike some other threat effects like Claim the Firstborn, which is kind of wrecking shop in standard right now. So I, I cannot tell you how much I love this. And so, okay, let's talk cuteness factor. So flavorfully, we have a uh, we have Luca, who is a planeswalker. Don't know if he's a planeswalker um, at the beginning of the story, or if that happens, if his spark ignites somewhere in the middle. Not sure. Haven't read the book yet. Don't know that I will. I haven't read a magic novel in a very long time. But regardless, um, he is befriending a very large. Um, it's a type of tiger. It's a type of winged tiger. For the life of me, I can't remember the the name because I just learned it today. But it's a it's a very large winged. Um, white and orange striped cat with some really incredible uh, incredibly impressive fangs and the the tiger's head is almost the size of well it's actually bigger than Luca's torso to give you an idea so the picture depicts Luca with its hand up kind of on the on the tiger's cheek and he's lifting his hand up in a motion that uh, cat owners w will recognize as the you can smell me it's okay you know, that, that traditional, it's very clearly capturing that moment where it's like, no, no, give me a sniff. I'm a friend. And because, you know, cats and dogs, too, they just they want to get a sense of who you are and with that. Well, it's their sense of smell. It's how they, they they enjoy your scent. That's how they get to know people. And so that's clearly what he's doing here. He's, But it, flavorfully, I love the idea that it's that moment where you're and if you've ever gone over to a friend's house who has a cat and you try to be cool to it and it's not having it. Um, 
there's that moment where you're kind of like, well, yeah, you can you, you can sniff my hand. You can you can smell me. I'm okay. I'm a friend. And they're like, and like okay, geez. You, it, it's that moment, except gone well. It's that moment where it's like, no, you can sniff me. And the tiger seems to be like, okay. Never mind the fact that, like, at your neighbor's house, when you're going to, you know, let the cat sniff your hand, you don't know them. Do, do they have their claws? Is this gonna Are they going to bite me? I might have, like, a scratch on my hand. That would suck. But it's not a big deal. Now, in this case, if that tiger... Uh, is gonna in, is in the mood to hiss and uh, swat at Luca. Luca's gonna get eaten like 100%. That tiger's gonna straight up eat him. I don't even know if he would need to chew. That thing is huge, and so it, it's a very different dynamic. I love the flavor in the card too. The tentative connection. You're an ally for now. Like we're cool for right now, but it's you know he's approaching a wild beast. Like hey hey are we? we're okay hey we're cool right so i love that and it makes sense you know the idea that you can pull somebody over for one turn one turn and then they'll flee they'll run away you know um they'll run back to their back to their owner it's kind of a fun take on the traditional threat and effect like a lot of stuff you see a lot of other depictions it's uh stealing something or in like enchanting a creature so that it like loses control and joins your side you know you're like mentally enslaving them this is very different it's a very subtle, much more delicate look at it. And the flavor text is, Luca was ordered to kill a threat. He chose to make a friend. So that's kind of fun. And also, if you uh, notice the Luca Planeswalker card, the art is kind of all over right now. Um, and the only reason I'm not talking about it, on, I haven't talked about it on this show yet, is because there are a lot of people talking about it. It's a very powerful Planeswalker. It's a new big, splashy Planeswalker from the set. Um, and to be honest, if uh, Lutri had not been spoiled uh, on the same day, I probably would have talked about him as well back on Ikoria day number one. Um, he's a very powerful Planeswalker, and pictured in his art is this gigantic winged tiger that he's just chilling with. So clearly, they become very good friends. And so this moment is a tentative connection, but it becomes a much deeper one. That's the other thing that I really dig about Ikoria. So I haven't I haven't intentionally investigated the lore too much, but just looking at the spoiler cards, there are clearly bonders. So they, we, we clearly have people who befriend monsters, and those monsters are the enemy. They're, seemed, they're perceived to be the enemy of humans for whatever reason. Um, I understand the idea of wild animals that are big and very powerful and potentially destructive makes sense. Like that all kind of checks out. And so you have these people who um, operate independently and become very close and connect and bond with, I believe, one specific beast, one specific animal, one specific monster, if you will. Um, I believe that that's the idea based on what I've seen. And a lot of the partner commanders that we see are actually beasts and humans. And so the idea that humans and beasts can live in synergy, live in harmony, but only in kind of this fringe case is kind of cool. Otherwise you have the, otherwise they're clearly at odds with one another. They're clearly fighting. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's kind of fun. And that actually comes through on the flavor text. So I'm very curious as to who these bonders are uh, because I, Again, it would seem as though they're on the outskirts of society, like they're shunned from the rest of human civilization. And I'd love to understand why that is. Um, just, yeah, because I don't know. And I find myself I find myself very curious. So yeah, this is an interesting stuff. So this has been Tentative Connection. Uh, the other cool thing about this is it's a common. This is, this is a common. So I, I'm going to, I'm imagining that, so when I look at the cards, I see Menace as a very common theme. I see Menace counters. I see bonuses for creatures with Menace. Um, 
And of course, we have and we have cards like this. So menace is clearly a theme that they're leaning into. And I suspect, given the way that Wizards does their implementation, with the way that they do their development, they look at a limited environment a lot. They focus on the holistic limited experience. So when you're drafting, what does this set feel like from top to bottom? Just if you're playing just with this set, how does it feel? And I would imagine that that's a lot of where the menace stuff comes from. I suspect they wanted when they were looking at what are the different draft archetypes that people could find themselves leaning towards. I can imagine somebody saying, well, what about Menace? We haven't really done much with it. It's kind of, it's there, it's around, but it's not really prominent. The, the, so that's an effect that they're clearly leaning into and really giving some support to. And I like to see that. That makes me happy. Um, the other thing that I've noticed is on the Commander products, there are cards with Goad printed, which is another really underappreciated keyword that has a lot of really cool potential. And so it's nice to see that. I'm glad that they're giving some of these keywords that already existed uh, some more support and giving them giving them their due. Because what you get when they do that, when they lean into mechanics that already exist, what ends up happening is you have fun limited environments that feel unique and special. Because this is one of the only times where Menace is going to really be a feature. Meanwhile, you then also get fun cards with Menace or the trigger off of Menace that now can interact with the backlog of Menace cards that didn't exist before. And so that gives that gives you all kinds of more tools in more eternal formats or more casual formats where you can take these limited cards and build out commander decks now. You know, you could build out a Menace-themed commander deck. Why not, right? And you can have stuff like this in it. And if you drafted a lot of Ikoria with a lot of Menace and a lot of Mutate creatures, then you can build, like, a Menace-Mutate commander deck. Because why not? You know, and that I love that. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And so Tentative Connection is one of those cards that is in a certain circumstance, if it's a, if you are theming your deck around Menace or you have enough Menace creatures to reasonably hit this for one mana, it's incredibly powerful. Um, but it's situational. And I, I can appreciate that. I think this, this hits the, the right... Um, this hits a perfect balance. It's not unplayable if you have to play it for four, but it's not an amazing value. But if you're on theme and if the situation is just right, you can get this effect for one, and that's an incredibly good value. So it's situationally excellent and never quite unplayable, which I think is, like, perfect. I, I think that's... I, I love it. I think this is... This is Power Creep gone right, my friends. That's what this is. So I enjoyed it very much. And like I said, super cute. I mean, look at that cat. Look at that cat. As somebody who has an orange cat myself, I can appreciate it. Anyway, this has been a lot of fun, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out. Uh, it's been Overthinking MTG. I've been HamHawks42. I will continue to be so going forward, I believe. And I will catch you next time.